May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Have you noticed that people don't like to wait for much of anything anymore? We are not a patient people. For example, I think of the story of a woman's car that stalled in traffic, and she looks under the hood to identify the cause while the driver behind her uh, leans relentlessly on his horn. Finally, she's had enough. She walks back to his car and she says very sweetly, I don't know what's the matter with my car, but if you want to go look under the hood, I'll gladly sit here in your car and honk for you. (laughs) We do not like to wait. We tend to be in a horn-honking, microwaving, FedExing, fast-food-eating, express-lane-shopping hurry much of the time. We don't like to wait in traffic or on the telephone or at the dentist or the doctor's office or at the post office or the grocery store. One recent study said that in a lifetime, the average American will spend six months waiting at stoplights, eight months opening junk mail, one year looking for misplaced objects, two years waiting on the phone, and five years waiting in line. Now, I am not very good at waiting, are you? And I I need all the help I can get when it comes to waiting for God. When our Old Testament lesson was written by Isaiah, he was speaking to a people who had been defeated in war. They had lost their land and their homes, and they had been marched off as captives and are now forced to live as exiles, as refugees, under the control of a foreign power. And it has been 70 long years, and they are so tired of waiting. They are weary. They are dispirited. They just want to return home to Jerusalem. They want things to be the way that they used to be. And in their midst of their long waiting, Isaiah perceives that his people need to remember. They need to be reminded who God is and that their God has not deserted them. Like the people of Israel living in exile, we all know that waiting can be very hard. The waiting of a childless couple who desperately want to start a family. The waiting of an elderly person in a nursing home, alone, seriously ill, and just waiting to die. Or the waiting of a deeply depressed person for a morning when they will wake up without the cloud of depression. Or the waiting of a person with a very serious illness waiting to see if the new treatment will work. The prophet Isaiah has some good words for us while we wait. He says, those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now notice here that Isaiah's incredible words of promise begin, first of all, with a confession of faith. In verse 28, he says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. 
Isaiah here is saying, remember just who your God is. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. Don't forget, he is saying, you have a big God. And we wait. We wait like the people of Israel, knowing that we have a big God. We may grow weary and tired and faint, but the good news is that our God won't. Waiting can be difficult. And in verse 30, Isaiah tells us the secret to waiting. He says, those who wait for the Lord, those who wait for the Lord. It's not a simple waiting that he's talking about here. He is not simply saying, grin and bear it, or hang in there, or keep a stiff upper lip. But waiting for the Lord is a very, very different kind of waiting. In Hebrew, the word wait, the verb wait, comes from the root word that means to twist or to intertwine, to, to bind together. In fact, it is the same, has the same root word as the word rope. And think about that. When the strands of a rope or a cord are, are bound together, they are much stronger. They are harder to pull apart, harder to break. So when we wait on the Lord, it means we are bound with the Lord and we become stronger. Isaiah promises us that if we wait for the Lord, our strength will be renewed. And waiting on the Lord is to place our trust and our faith in the one who is in the best position to see us through our time of waiting, the one who promises to be intertwined with us. The great Houdini was a master magician. Actually, he was an awfully good locksmith. And he had a standing challenge that there was not a jail in the country, in the British Isles, that could hold him. A, a jail in London took up the challenge. They finished their escape-proof jail cell and they invited the great Houdini. Houdini accepted the challenge and he was placed in their escape-proof cell. And as the locksmith left, he turned the lock in strange directions and with the clang of the door, they left Houdini to do his work. Houdini took out his special piece of metal to work the lock and he worked for 30 minutes. He put his ear to the lock and he listened carefully through his skill. He did his work waiting to hear the trip. After an hour, he was perspiring. After two hours, he was exhausted until finally dejected and defeated. He took a break and he leaned against the door of the cell and voila, it opened. They actually hadn't locked it at all. It was only locked in his mind. And I think there is a lesson here for us. Don't let the exhaustion of the moment or the troubles of today tempt you to think, to take your eyes off the promises of God while you were waiting. Because his promises have already opened the door for us, the door of forgiveness and grace and life and most of all, salvation. And waiting during dark and difficult times in our lives can be long and hard. We all know that it is easy to grow weary, to grow faint. But waiting on the Lord means that we do not wait alone, that God is with us even when it's dark. And knowing that should give us great strength. There is also some interesting waiting going on in today's gospel lesson. The gospel begins with one healing miracle after another. Jesus is in this village of Capernaum, which really wasn't a very 
big village back then, and he heals Peter's mother-in-law. And then he heals many who were sick and hurting. In fact, we are told that practically the whole city showed up at Peter's door. But the next morning, Jesus got up before dawn, and he slips out to a deserted place to pray. And the, the disciples and Peter go out looking for Jesus. And when they finally found him, they say to him, Lord, where were you? Everyone is looking for you. They were desperately looking for Jesus because there were many people in Capernaum who were getting impatient. They were tired of waiting and they wanted immediate attention. They wanted instant physical healing. But notice Jesus' interesting response in our gospel. He tells them that he can't go back to Capernaum. He has to move on. He has to go to neighboring towns to proclaim the good news. And then Jesus says, for this is what I came to do. In other words, Jesus is saying that his primary purpose is not physical healing. His primary mission is to bring good news, to proclaim the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. You see, the healing that Jesus offers us is not so much just physical healing. It's not just relief from our earthly problems or our worldly challenges, though at times we may experience healing and relief from this world's troubles. But when we find ourselves waiting and waiting and waiting for relief from the problems of this life and we are becoming weary and faint, Jesus reminds us that his purpose is to announce that the kingdom of God is at hand, and that through him God offers us forgiveness, a restored relationship with God, and most of all, the ultimate healing, the promise of eternal life. I want to share with you a true story of a woman who knew what it meant to wait with hopeful expectation. I love this story that, so much that I've sh uh, shared it a few times at weddings over the years, and it was just a simple story that I clipped out from an Ann Landers column 20-some years ago, but it's a true story, and it was shared by a pastor, and this is what he writes, I'd like to tell you a true story about Jacob and Emma. Jacob was 93 years old, and his wife Emma was 91. In August of 2001, I was summoned to their home. Jacob was on his deathbed, and I was asked to give Jacob his last blessing. The doctor said that he would likely pass away within the hour. As I sat with him, we spoke of his younger years and how he used to bore Emma with farm talk and what the cows had done that day. And as we spoke, Emma nodded her head, and she smiled, and she said, you used to bore me to my wit's end talking about the cows, but I love you just the same. As Emma leaned over to kiss Jacob goodbye, Jacob passed away quietly. In the months that followed, Emma missed Jacob terribly, but she continued to wait with hopeful expectation. And that pastor continues, In July of the next year, I was summoned to Emma's bedside after she had suffered a very serious stroke. Emma spoke softly and very slowly. And she asked me, Pastor, do you think... God will allow me one request. I asked her what her request was, and she said, will God allow me to be in Jacob's arms? I would like to hear about the cows again. 
I told Emma that her request was what God was waiting for. I held her hand, and within minutes, Emma passed away. And that pastor concludes his story. He says, I have baptized children after they came into the world. I have married many couples, and I have been with many who have died. But Emma's words were some of the most powerful that I've ever heard. That request from Emma brings tears to my eyes and respect for a marriage of 72 years. During those times in our lives when we wait, when our hearts just ache with grief, or our bodies are racked with pain, or the future seems uncertain, all we can do is wait for the Lord. Knowing that God is holding us, that God is holding us in the palm of his hand and he offers us an eternal future with hope. And that is more than enough to sustain us. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait for the Lord with hope and with patience. It will be well worth the wait. Amen.